Welcome to episode number 57 of the Grab Blogger podcast. This is the podcast where helping academics change the world through online business. We're helping you by giving you the tools, the tips, the strategies, and the techniques you need to build an online business around your research experience, around your expertise, around the change that you want to see in the world. I'm your host, Dr. Chris Cloney. In today's episode, we're talking about how to market yourself and your business on LinkedIn. To do that, we have back on the call Dr. Heidi Justo from CareerPathWritingSolutions.com. Heidi, welcome back to the Grab Blogger podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here today. We're excited to have you. And we had you just a couple of episodes, actually, in episode 52 on the podcast, talking about your entrepreneurship journey, talking about finding clients, um, running workshops in the space that you work in, in Career Path Writing Solutions. And in that episode, we talked a little bit about LinkedIn. Just by cruising your website, I came across some workshops that you have on there around demystifying LinkedIn for job campaign success optimizing your, your use of LinkedIn for networking and things like that. So we started to go down that road in the previous episode and said, well, this is probably a bigger topic. Let's shoot a whole, a whole separate podcast episode about it. So that's really what we're doing today. It's going to be a mashup between my experience, things I've learned from content publishing on LinkedIn, as well as uh, things that you talk about in your, your workshop. So we're going to cover, you know, what are the different components of your, your LinkedIn presence? What should you be thinking about for your profile? Um, how do you use it as a research and networking tool? And how do you go about on social sharing to position yourself as an expert in your field? So with that, I think a great place to kind of jump in would just be a refresher for the audience. What do you do at Career Path Writing Solutions? And, and how do you use LinkedIn along with that business and along with your clients? Great question. So with Career Path Writing Solutions, my whole motto is helping individuals and businesses succeed when the stakes are high. And so if somebody has a message to share and it matters, <laughs> I, I help them articulate that message in a compelling way. And what that looks like on the ground is that I work with a lot of job seekers and business owners and, and trying to communicate their value to the world. So with a job search, uh, so for job seekers, I will work on everything from the job search strategy to resumes, cover letters, LinkedIn, interview prep all the way through salary negotiation. And with business owners, it's this sim a similar idea, but different. A lot of the materials are different. So maybe it's a website critique, but often it is a LinkedIn profile and working to optimize a person's use of LinkedIn. And, um, and with the business as well, I, as you mentioned earlier, I do a lot of workshops and webinars um, that are geared toward helping people communicate effectively and prepare for a job search. So I just did a webinar yesterday, and it was to graduate students and how to write a resume and cover letter for non-academic jobs. So really, there's a kind of a, a broad... Um, broad categories of things, I guess, like, you know, different genres that I work in, but LinkedIn is one of the most common. So I use LinkedIn myself and I urge all of my, almost all of my clients to use it as well. Yeah, I would agree. And if anyone's interested in, in Heidi's background, we, we dove into that, um, everything from her as a child with her little ledger, um, pretending she had a business, uh, through to, <laughs> how she got started online, how she grew her business. Over the last six or seven years, I think you've been self-employed. Is that right? The seven years. Yeah, seven years this month. Yeah, so it's that's an important story. Um, that's back in 
grablar.com slash 52 in episode 52. So definitely check that out if you're interested in her backstory. I guess for, for LinkedIn, um, I think it's important too. It's critically important for growing my business. Wouldn't be where it is today, both Dust Safety Science and Grab Blogger without a strong LinkedIn presence. I guess to kind of lay the groundwork for this discussion, what are the components of, of LinkedIn that we should be thinking about and talking about in this episode? So when I think of LinkedIn, I tell people there are two key components, and that is the profile. And then, then the second one is how you actually use LinkedIn. So one is about putting in the work up front and then except for updating, kind of being on autopilot of, I have my profile now, I just need to make sure I'm updating it. The other part is how you're actually using it. Because if if I'm teaching a workshop or giving a talk, I will ask people sometimes, I said, by show of hands, how many people are on LinkedIn? And at this point, you know, 2020, almost every hand is going to go up. And then I say, okay, keep your hand raised. If, or, or the next question I'll say is, okay, now tell me how many people are on LinkedIn because they know they're supposed to be on LinkedIn. And inevitably you have chuckles and a lot of the hands are up because people don't actually use it proactively in a, in a way to optimize it. So, so conceptually, I break it down to those two things, the profile and then actually using it. Um, but kind of one, like the starting point for me when I work with anybody on LinkedIn is asking, well, what's your goal for it? So that's the big part. Start with what's your goal for using LinkedIn? And then everything about your profile and how you use it is um, and sh- should be working backward from achieving that goal. But outside of that, then the kind of the key, uh, maybe a slightly more granular level, the key parts are having a strong profile. You can use it as a research tool, as a networking tool, and as a way to gain visibility and, um, and some credibility on there through, through what you're posting, sharing, commenting on, liking, all of that, th- those actions we can take. That makes sense. And I, I agree with your point on what's your goal in identifying that first. And probably the people that are still their hands up in the room is their goal was just to to check that box that they're supposed to be on LinkedIn. <laughs> so if we get past that and dig into what are what kind of goals do you hear people wanting out of LinkedIn just through your experience? Absolutely. Um, there's So a lot of people, the goal is help get me a job, right? Another goal is expand my network. That could be for job seekers and business owners. Um, another goal is gain visibility. I want people to know I exist. Uh, another one is I want to market my service or product, which is a little bit of a, that's a careful one. That's a, you got, you have to be cautious with that goal because it's not a great, um, LinkedIn isn't a great place for direct advertising. And another goal is professional development. You know, I want to know what's going on in my field. I want to know what people in my field are doing, what companies that I'm following are doing. Uh, So it's definitely a professional development, like a tool for professional development as well. Yeah, I'd agree. And so I picked up five kind of different types of goals. So finding a job, expanding your network, demonstrating your expertise and gaining a visibility, marketing myself. And I'll come back and touch back on that in a second. 
and then developing your your level of expertise on there. So on the marketing side, I would say you maybe should be cautious if you're a provost and you're trying to market yourself as an expert and you're worried about that, you know, some crossover, some bad behavior. On the flip side, if you're an online business trying to get traffic to a website or a product or a service you're offering, that fear is probably going to hold a lot of people back. So I just do want to put a pin in that is that if, you're, if your sole goal is used as marketing, like really my sole goal is at GrabLogger at uh, Safety Science, um, you can be a little more liberal about what you're doing and you should, because that same fear that has the provost worried about losing his job is the same fear you're going to have if you start to do some of the things we're probably going to talk about in this episode. But I want you to get over that fear if your goal is to do the marketing because that's going to actually hold you back, I think, from doing some of the things that I might even suggest that you're going to do a little bit later on. So I do want to kind of put a pin there. You're probably not going to be shooting videos and, and that sort of stuff if you are worried about what people think about you on LinkedIn. That may be the best marketing strategy from a business standpoint. To kind of further that point, though, and I see how you use it and you don't do this, but there are times when I see people just outwardly marketing, like hard selling, like buy this product really a hard sell in what I've found. And, and I'd love to hear your thoughts, actually, if, it's, if your experience is different, is that that doesn't quite work so well, where it's more of you use this as a way, as a, like you can use it as a funnel to lead people to your website, to show, to, to do content marketing. It's an excellent tool for content marketing. But it's not, I haven't witnessed it being a great tool for, you know, 20% off sale, buy now, use code LinkedIn20 or, or something like that. That type of hard selling, I have not, I haven't witnessed people have success with it. But what are your thoughts? Have you seen that type of approach work? We get it a lot. Um, I get, you know, not daily, probably every two days, a message like that. And I usually ignore them or tell them to go away. <laughs> um, so, there, and there are some strategies on that, that maybe we'll talk about a future episode that, that might work a little bit better, but I totally agree. So my whole position in the, the marketplace is to prove yourself as an expert, as the most visible authority, and then build a business on top of that. You're not going to do that if you're ticking people off yes. <laughs> um, and, and using spammy methods. Exactly. And that's what a lot of times, you know, I've heard so many people say, well, I just hate when people connect with me. And the next thing I know, I have a message where they're selling me something. So that's where it can be um, tricky. So we want to, it's the idea of building subject matter expertise, building a following, gaining trust with the people that you're connected with. So using it, one time I, I heard this, th this way of thinking of it is you be a user first and a marketer second. I learned that from the, or the organization BNI which is a business referral networking um, organization. So be a user first. So think of yourself as, as a user. You want to learn useful content, not connect with someone and then immediately get a spammy email. Yeah, I think of it as, as, as push marketing versus pull marketing. So our whole goal is to, to pull people in so they want to know more about you. So if they're willing to type in careerpathwritingsolutions.com or grabblogger.com, or that when they hear about something, it triggers a thought in their head that, oh yeah, Heidi does that. Chris does that. Exactly. And then they come to you, not the the push marketing, which is here's my 20% off coupon code. 
go by now and it's only available until three o'clock Eastern. And if you don't do it, your life's going to suck forever. <laughs> um, exactly. Exactly. And I really like that way of distinguishing the push versus pull marketing. I think that's an excellent point to make. No, oh, Awesome. Okay. I think that's a great starting point. So we have the different parts of the, the way you broke down the components. I really like you have your profile, your static component, and then you have, you know, how you use it. What are you doing on a, on a monthly, a daily or weekly basis? Let's, let's start at the starting point, the static parks. I know you, probably get that question all the time. That'd be the first thing I think people are probably asking you is what should you put in your profile to make it compelling and engaging for LinkedIn? Uh, and, and you're right. I do. I, the starting point for almost everybody, at least when they approach me, is the profile. How do I make my profile better? And uh, a consideration I'd like to put out there that might not be the first thing someone would expect for me to say since I'm all about messaging and content is to think about the mechanics of it. Think about skimmability. So how is this profile going to be read? So how is it going to be consumed? Oftentimes, that means it's, it's, if you think about it, it's going to be on a phone or on a device, some, like a mo- some type of mobile device or tablet. And when we think about that, we need to think of how many times do we want a finger to have to swipe to get through a paragraph, right? To get through an entry. How many, how, just how much do we want someone to have to, like how hard do we want this to be to read? And the answer is it shouldn't be hard at all to read. So the mechanics of this, I think about skimmability and I tend to avoid from a, a structural standpoint, big paragraphs. So I'm not a fan of big paragraphs, that approach of being so comprehensive, like, well, I'm not, if this isn't a resume, I'm not limited to a couple pages. I can put, you know, a lot in here. You can put a lot in there, but you shouldn't just put a lot in there for the sake of putting a lot in there. So I think of that word I call skimmability. After that, uh, and of course, incredibly important, uh, is the value. Focus on the value you bring. So this isn't an archive of information. This isn't a, this is everything I've done professionally. This is a tool to help you get where you want to be going. So thinking about, well, this is where I want to be. So how am I showing what I can do to work in that space or to, to um, be contributing in that field or with my business? You know, this is the value I bring. In terms of actual writing, we want to think about keywords. I don't, you've probably heard me say this before, I don't like keyword vomit, which is when everything is just, it's just so keyword driven that it's hard to make sense of it, that you put so many keywords in, the message is actually muddled. Because people do search in keywords, if for job seekers, especially recruiting and just anyone, if you're looking for a business, you, you often search in key terms, keywords. So that's important to incorporate throughout the profile and also in the skills section. But you don't want to go so overboard that it's hard to follow, it, that the value you bring is getting clouded because you have all these terms like, I don't know, business acumen or, or so, whatever keyword it is for your field. Another thing, and then I'll, I'll kind of pause to hear your in, input, 
is I think it's, it's an overlooked feature of the the profile is the testimonials. So actually asking for recommendations. And this is different from having what are called endorsements of your skills. So if I want to go onto your profile and endorse you for podcasting or something, um, or interviewing, you're interviewing me, so I can speak to this. I'd click on that skill. So you, your number of people endorsing you for that goes up by one. That is different from actually asking and requesting a recommendation, which would be if you go on and you request one from me, hey, Heidi, since I've interviewed you a couple of times, do you mind writing me a testimonial? And that would mean that would require me writing a few sentences speaking to my experience with being, you know, being interviewed by you. But if you have a critical mass of those, you get a few of them or a few dozen that can really show people the value you bring in a different way than just you describing yourself. So I think that's a, um, an important feature of the profile that a lot of people overlook. And that's why I wanted to bring it up here. Um, but what are your thoughts? Well, I think that's, I mean, I would come up with the same sort of list. Um, skimmability, so I'll summarize skimmability, focus on the value you bring, um, not stuff it full of keywords, but, you know, have some keywords in there. I mean, for myself, combustible dust would be a keyword. Fire and explosion would be a keyword um, related to dust safety science in my business there. Testimonials, I think, is a great idea. And I was just looking at my profile. I don't actually have any testimonials, but it would take me um, like five emails to get five testimonials. Um, we should actually have some of those to put on there or get some people to put those in. That's a good idea. Um, on the on the value you bring, I think a, a, a critical point to focus on is that you're, it's not about you. Or a resume is about you. It's really about your your audience. So this person that's reading, why should they continue reading your profile? Even if you're looking for a job, it's you know, I think who's 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 reading these. So there there may be people that are um, working for job agencies and they're looking across different um, types of you know different types of groups. You want to read like you're you're explaining to them. You know you're thinking about why they're reading and how it applies to them. So if it's a job recruiter that's recruiting chemical engineering, then it's really well. Why would you be a chemical a good chemical engineer? It's not it's not about you. It's about how your audience would read that. Um, and I like to do some other kind of online marketing things in here. So the way I normally break it down is to, when I'm writing something, oh, it's, it's goals, projects, and call to action. So if I look at my profile, we have managing director of DustX Research Limited. The goal of DustX Research Limited is to change the world in this way. Um, then I kind of list how we're doing that. So that's the current projects. Um, and then actually I have call to action. So I actually have in there the full website. So dustsafetyscience.com and then I actually have some outdated ones in my dustsafetyscience.com that I should update but I've done that in my profile as well before where I have a goal actions I'm taking to get that goal and how you can find out more and actually using stories I've tested this one and it's in my profile right now where it's more of a the about page is more of a story than a you know a list about me what is the biggest challenge facing industries handling combustible dust first time this question popped in my head was September 2013 I just transferred from a master's to a PhD, da, 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 learned it was really hard. The community had these questions. That's why I built Dust Safety Science. That's why we're trying to change the world. Um, the thought there is to, again, bring that reader in, have them read that, and 
and become very engrossed and very engaged. Um, I have no way to tell if that's worked better than my old profile or not. <laughs> um, but it's a it's it's a I don't know kind of a good story to bring up. I don't know if any of those hit any any home any of those points hit home with you on any of your your thoughts on it. Yeah, absolutely. So the the about section is a again this is where I think knowing your goal it like it, it deter- that determines the strategy because if you're a business owner you my approach for business owners is you want to start building rapport with with the audience and and hopefully encouraging them to contact you and whether that call to action is explicit you know contact chris at and your phone number or or more subtle but the idea of that emotional resonance, the the building rapport, so we know your motivation. I I think I probably take a different, a slightly different approach with my about than yours, but I think we're we're trying to accomplish the same thing. I want people to feel good about knowing who am I, what do I do, what drives me, and so I think we're talking about the same the same goal, but the, just the how, how we're doing it is slightly different. And that is, that's fine. You know, it just speaks to the flexibility of this platform. Um, a couple other things that I thought I'd add. And when you mentioned the, you know, you link to your website, another consideration is the visual appeal. So that speaks to skimmability, but a lot of people are so easy to overlook just how visually interesting you can make the profile be. So you can link to media. So you can show your brand. You can show you in action. So if you want to be a speaker, you can show yourself being a speaker. Another way of showing your brand is making sure you have a nice professional looking profile picture. And I say professional looking because I'm not saying everybody has to go out and hire a photographer. I think there's value in that. But there are also ways that if you're not in a position um, financially or if um, you know we're recording this amidst a pandemic, so there's social distancing going on, you can't actually go out and presumably get your picture taken right now. Um, but but there's there's resources online even to you know how to take a, a selfie, a professional selfie at home, and then there's a site where you can upload that picture and out like um, other people, you vote on other people's pictures of how confident and um, it's competent, likable. And there's a third category that uh, influential that this person looks based on the picture. And that's all free. That website, it's photofeeler.com. And, and that's an amazing tool. I use, have my clients use that. So the visual element, making sure you have a a professional picture, that background banner, you can really enhance it by not using the default, what I call the constellation blue, you know, pick a picture that aligns with your brand. So for mine right now, I have a picture that aligns with is consistent with what my website looks like. My husband, who you You've also interviewed for your, your the whole other business <laughs> because of combustible dust. He has a picture that is of this big industrial facility because that's 
that dem- that shows the type of work he does. So, um, so the visual section, adding the visuals can be really powerful. And LinkedIn is unrolling. I think they've uh, they have it about completely unrolled now. Um, a featured section. So you can actually pick what visuals you want to be featured and you're gonna, the, your profile will show that. So, so the, the visual element can really enhance the profile and not just for the sake of adding visual, but to actually speak to the brand you're trying to, to build and to the expertise you're trying to demonstrate. Yeah, and I'm just looking through it at Heidi's profile. It is a lot better than mine from a visually um, appealing standpoint. And there's a lot of, so uh, if you type in Heidi Scott Justo, G-I-U-S-T-O on LinkedIn, add her when you go there, but I'm sure you'll find her. If you listen to this in the future, her profile may change a bit, but uh, she'll probably still be present there. But she has the use of bullet points really well in the about page, so it is very skimmable. Um, but also, it looks like, you use emoticons for the bullet points, so they're not just your standard bullet points. Um, you have stars, which go back and tie into your your header, which have the same stars. Um, like you mentioned, your your header image is the same as your website, so it does it does look a lot more cohesive when I'm looking at it. So excellent, excellent work there. Uh, I I would not model your your profile based on mine. <laughs> if you're listening to this podcast, at least today, maybe we'll improve it more in the future. But I do have some ideas on how that. I've used it as a call to action tool to get people back to dust safety science a lot. Sometimes I'll do things like when we're running our conference in that tagline, putting have questions about combustible dust, check out the digital dust safety conference and putting that right there so that people see every time we post. And that's where we're going to head in a moment is, is posting and, and actually use But people see every time. Oh yeah. DDSC 2020.com. What's that? What's that? That's the, the top of our, our sales sequence for that conference. So I will do that, the header image, putting call to actions in there. Currently, we have the one for the conference up, but I've done that in the past before. Um, so a lot of good ways to use your LinkedIn profile. I think kind of moving to the second half, how do you use LinkedIn in general for sharing, for increasing expertise? Um, do you have a couple of, what are you normally telling people, I guess, in your workshops? And then maybe we'll go back and forth a bit on some things that I've done in, in the past as well and that you've done for for your business. You mean for sharing to to sh- increase kind of the the visibility of your expertise? Yeah, if you're so you broke into the two components, the profiling and how you use LinkedIn. What ways are you recommending that people use LinkedIn for for their work? So number one, and maybe not in a particular order, but I would probably say number one is most important <laughs> is networking. So building out your network and. I think the the clearest example or way I can argue this point would be you put all this time and effort into making a post that is educational, interesting, really engaging, and you post it on LinkedIn. Do you want that post to be sent out to 100 people or 1,500 people? You know, just the ripple of influence that you have is bigger the more people you're connected with. With that saying, with that said, 
I'm not a fan of just random connecting with people. But if you are wanting to build your network, think about, well, who are people I want to connect with? Other people in my field, maybe if I'm a business owner, potential collaborators or referral partners, and and then connect with them and go to their page, right, their profile, and click connect from there. And I, I say that because if you always connect from a person's profile page, you have the option to, it's called add a note, which is customizing the request. So you can actually put in there. And I sent one, um, I sent one today because I met somebody on this webinar that I did. And I said, it was so nice to meet you on the webinar. I thought I would add you to my LinkedIn network. So you're explaining why you're connecting right away. That is going to help people say, oh yeah, I do want to connect with this person as opposed to, I wonder why she's connecting with me. Is she going to try to sell me her services? So the networking piece in a way, if you're like, well, where do I start? Where do I build my network? A nice place to start could be alumni. So if, if you search, if you go to whatever university you went to or universities, you go to their page and you can search for alumni and you can, they really get fairly granular of, you can look for people who had the same major as you, where they they live where you live, or maybe they live where you plan to move, um, what they do, where they work. So you can use it to network that way and then start conversations with people. You can use it as a research tool. So if people are looking to see, and I say jobs, knowing that some business owners, especially when you're starting out, maybe you're, you're still looking for part-time work or contract work. Well, you can use the job board feature of LinkedIn to research what options are out there. And then obviously, and I know you have a lot to say about this, is the actual sharing of posts. So whether you're writing your own, either the short posts that are in like the newsfeed or... Um, an article. You can use it as a blogging platform, although I I would always still recommend posting that on your own blog, just making clear that intellectual property rights are yours. And I'd always put originally appeared on Career Path Writing Solutions blog or something. But you can do through articles or you can be sharing and supporting your colleagues and, and other professionals by liking their posts, by commenting on them and then um, resharing. And and also a way of promoting your own work. I like, uh, I'm a fan of whether I'm resharing an article. So this past week or so, I saw an article about how to take a selfie at home, a a professional selfie. Well, we're all stuck at home right now. So I thought, let me, this is something people could do right now from home to improve their networking abilities and and kind of marketability because a lot of people are affected with job loss. So, so those are kind of some high points. (laughs) Yeah, sure. And I put a couple of extra, or I put a summary here. So networking on one side, it's about building the connections you have. Mm -hmm. You do want to make sure that they're, you know, you're not just spamming people and to, to grow your networking that way. I, I actually don't, add a lot of people anymore because we have more people adding adding me from the content that we put out and people resharing it that way which is really again it kind of comes back to push versus pull if you become a content creator 
then you you have that ability to have people come into that zone and want to know more about you. I do see somebody that's a second contact that um, that is in you know if their their tagline says anything about explosion or process safety. I'll just add them right there because one they've commented on the posts that we've already put out, so I know they're already interested. So there's that side, and you can look like at your alumni, like you said, people always also viewed. I think comes up when you look at somebody's profile. You can see who else is similar. Research tools, job boards, actually connecting with people and, and contacting people in the field that you want to go into is a is a good way to use that for research. In terms of posting, I I've had a lot of success in in posting very frequently. So when I first got started on LinkedIn, um, and I still maintain this, we do one one post a day of other people's material. So that's for me started as just Google alerts. Looking for blog posts on process safety, combustible dust, dust explosion, dust fires, same kind of stuff that uh, Heidi's husband is into, with uh, with the the work that he does, because um, we're in the, the similar field or the same field actually. But I pull those in through Google Alerts every week, and at the end of the week, I'd get a summary of all the top posts that came out or material that was published, and I just share in something like Buffer or some free sharing program, just one a day, and just write a comment about it, and. It was something that cost me about an hour of time each weekend uh, and literally just built my network over time. Every day, there's just one post. And you think that maybe people might get ticked off or think that's spammy. Those those ideas come into academics' heads every time they, they get worried about content promotion and sharing. Not one person has ever said to me in four years of doing this, I wish you would stop posting. <laughs> um, but I have had lots of people and literally, I'm going to say well over 100 at a conference that's going uh, I really appreciate you sharing that stuff on LinkedIn or I follow you on LinkedIn. I get your promotion. I follow your newsletter based on on LinkedIn sharing um, because I'm always top of mind sharing that one thing a day. Uh, so that and literally cost me an, an hour of my time. Now we have a team and processes to do. It doesn't cost me any of my time. But even when I first got started, that's something you can be doing today to help grow your network. You can also be sharing what you create. And I like to... I like to use a, a stacking strategy. So if you're doing blog posts on your website, maybe take three of them up and write a LinkedIn article about a summary of them and then link back to your 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 website. That way you're not duplicating your content. Um, if you duplicate it directly, then chances are Google's going to see LinkedIn as the authority for that post and show them before you. Um, but if you, you do a summary post, you've used a stacking of content, then people that are interested in learning more about the details can come back to your website. So I did like literature review posts. I would do independent papers summarized on my website and stack like 10 of them together. I'd write a summary post on my website. And then on LinkedIn, I create a LinkedIn article that is the practical findings of this or what this means for industry. So people that are in industry see the, the LinkedIn posts, still get that great information. And that they want to know more about the research side or more of the details, they can come back to my website and dig in as far as they want to go. And those kind of things, I would share my content maybe once a week and share other people's content the, the rest of the days of the week. Any other kind of tips on your side that you've seen from had success with or sharing um, as being a content creator or producer on LinkedIn? I think the, and I think what you just shared is excellent advice. And even if I, I haven't done it, maybe exactly the same way, but we have the same, I think, philosophy on it, where you, your approach is, um, yes, of course, you want to market your business, but it's sharing useful content, first and foremost. And that might that includes what you write and create 
but also what others are doing. So in some ways, in, in people are you're gaining people's trust as in this alliance with your business goals as a authority in this area. And the consistency is great. So I have found that, and frankly, you're better at this than I am with consistency, but I'm working on it. Well, your profile is a lot nicer than mine. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, having a consistent presence so that you are uh, you're top of mind. That's the, the way we put that the businessy word, but like top of mind. So if I have a question about this or I have a need or I hear somebody has a need, who do we think of? Right. It's, you know, we think of for dust safety and combustible dust. People think of you resumes. A lot of people think of me and that by, by putting useful information out there that pushes people to, or that pulls people to connecting to, with you. And we have that same approach where I, I only connect with people I have actually met or interacted with, whether in person or in, in some virtual setting. So it's going to be incredibly rare that I would initiate a, a request with somebody just because, you know, because I want to add to my network. So I'm a believer of quality over quantity with building that network. And another thing that I, maybe this, I'll share this because maybe it'll speak to some of the readers concerns and, or not readers, sorry, listeners. (laughs) Um, What you'd said of people get concerned about spamming and like, oh, he's posting too much. And I agree with you of all the times what and I post usually several times a week. It's not necessarily every day, but I'm certainly active every day. I have never once had any type of feedback other than thank you, right? Thank you for posting that. This is really helpful or this is interesting and, and that type of positive feedback. But for me, one thing that I, I know that I should be doing is, okay, I like doing workshops and I want to do more of them. And I was so resistant for a while to posting pictures of me doing a workshop because it just seemed, it just seemed unnecessary. Like, why do people need to see a picture of me standing in front of a PowerPoint presentation, seeing the back of people's heads? Like, uh, it just, I just didn't feel good about that. But I may, but I know that that is important because people need to see me in action for them to connect that, oh, she's not just saying she does workshops and teaching, she actually does. So I made that strategy of marketing and showing myself as someone who does this activity and knows this, right? I know how to teach this material. I made it work for me. So we have to be authentic with how we use this tool. So for what felt right for me is not just, oh, what a great conversation at, you know, such and such university or corporation teaching about interviewing or resumes or whatever. It was, I I reframed it of when I was doing this workshop this past week, this was a common concern and here's how you deal with it. So I turned it not just a post of here's Heidi giving a talk, but I turn it into a way to share a tip. 
So to share a strategy. So if you're trying to answer, tell me about yourself, here are key considerations. We, you know, by the way, we talked about this in the workshop. It's written differently than that. But the point is, if you have those hesitations or concerns, I'd, I'd say kind of work through them. It's not to say that, oh, you just need to get over it, but, but think through, well, what can I do so I can still do what I need to do on this platform, but make it feel right for me. And for me, it feels right if I'm sharing content that I truly believe is going to be in service of other people. So I'd encourage anybody who does have that concern of people are going to think I'm spammy or whatever to, to work through that and see, well, how can I still be doing this activity, posting frequently, but make it feel good to me? Because then when you do talk to people, you're going to be excited. You're not going to have those insecurities in the back of your head saying, oh, they're willing to talk with me, but I wonder if they're secretly annoyed at how much I post on LinkedIn. So, so that gets to some of the kind of the mental hangups we all sometimes have. But that would be my thought on, on that area. Yeah, I love it. And I think digging into that of, of why do I feel the way is critically important. And it's the reframe is you, you did it perfect there. And we even talked about earlier about the profile. It's not about you. It's about your audience. So it's not that you attended an event um, and you're a great webinar giver. It's at this event I attended, my audience had this question. You probably have this question too. Here's the answer to it. Have you flipped those around? And even with what I call my, my, uh, you know, repurposing of, of news and that uh, to post it as content. It's you become that source of the the uh, information that's going on. And I'm not, I'm not even saying anything about myself. Any of those posts. It's here's something that's happened. Um, here's uh, a fire explosion. Here's the assessment of it and that sort of information. But it's it's sharing to add value to the the people that are in your audience. I love the. I think you should definitely do more of the the webinar posts. Not the helping ones, the the positive ones we're talking about. You can also do the other ones. So I I just looked at my featured profile. Um, I've featured the powder show, international powder show in Chicago back to 2018, a post that they did. And it's got a picture of me presenting in, in front of my slides, but it's not my post. It's a write-up that they did about my presentation at their conference. So that's in my featured track. I just, just saw it while, uh, while you're talking. That's the way to think about it is how can you add value to others? If we want some quick fire ways to wrap this up, some ways you could do it, sit down and write down 50 tips you have about your topic. Um, there's one post a week you can just put, here's the tip of the week from me. Um, so if it's resume writing, if it's uh, dust explosions, if it's aquaculture, if it's chemistry, whatever it is, can you just sit down and think of 50 just short two sentence tips or one sentence tips? You have a whole year's worth of tip of the week that you could share to help people questions from the community i do this all the time because we get asked a lot of questions about combustible dust safety i always if i don't only answer i'll say hey do you mind if i share this on linkedin and i did one today that has had two people respond while we were talking and it's a question from the community is it all right to mix mild steel grinding dust and mild steel buffering operation in the same duct system I cannot find any national protection national fire protection agency or other information related to this type of operation Somebody emailed me that question. I don't know the answer, but I post on LinkedIn as a question from the community. And I do these probably once a week. I had somebody um, reply saying, okay, I, I, I think I know somebody that asked the question. I'll email you the response. And people actually start talking about that post and answering it themselves. 
it's great for the people that are asking me the questions too because they get the answer they also get a broad breadth of answers while still staying anonymous in case it's uh you know important for their work um so those tips tip of the week i really like as a way to do it um questions from the community questions that people are asking you you can post those up there and get people to, to debate them content repurposing content collection repurposing that strategy we talked about before on the podcast using those google alerts to bring that kind of material in i'm trying to look at the show number content curation repurposing that's episode 23 talk about that strategy a lot and i've used that into newsletters but you can use that just for your social sharing and if you're always posting that information then you're going to be top of the line top of mind when people are um, thinking about those topics that you're working in so just those three tips alone will get you if you do that for the next six months you'll start to become known in your space for whatever you're whatever you want to be known for and start to work your way up in that so I think that's probably a good place to leave this interview off on. Is there any one other kind of piece of advice or any other thoughts you want to leave the the audience with that's uh, listening to the podcast? I would say one of the most common hangups I hear from people about using LinkedIn is not being sure what to post. And I know you just addressed that. And I'd just say that it's better to start out with something, even if you are starting to feel a little bit like, oh, I don't know if anybody wants to see this or any of those mental hangups and say, I think your tips of just write out the tips of the week and then schedule it, be consistent. For I don't like to tell people you have to do this, but on this one, I'd say, if you're buying into this value that you and I are talking about now, then schedule it. And even if it's just that one tip of the week or the tip of the week and a question from the community and force yourself to post and be consistent and you will start seeing those results. So even if you're not, when you're starting out, you're not feeling super great and confident and excited know that 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 comes you will get more excited believe it or not to use linkedin and in consistency if you're on there and people see you're on there and you're the person who gives the tip of the week or i follow someone who she always does a morning motivation quote you'll become known as the person who always posts about x and that will drive people to contact you I'd say that would be my parting thought. Excellent. Well, I appreciate it. It's great to have you back on the podcast. I'm sharing your your wealth of knowledge. I I do believe, and it's my hope that somebody listening to this this episode has some more information on a building their business, b just being seen as a better academic in their space. If that's you know if they're still on the fence about building a business, they're not sure if they want to get into a job role. Um, you could use the strategies we've talked about to do all three of those things. It's my hope that you you move into entrepreneurship like myself and Heidi have, and this is the stepping stone to get you into that. This is the way to become seen as a visible expert in your field or a way to become seen as a visible expert in your field. It's not easy. Um, if it were easy, then, well, it wouldn't work so well because everybody <laughs> else would be doing it. <laughs> um, so with that, I think we'll leave it off, Heidi. I appreciate having you back on, and I'm looking forward to the chance to get you back on for the third time in the, the Grab Blogger podcast in the future. I would like that. And thank you again. This was a lot of fun. Okay. We'll talk soon. Okay. Bye. So you've been listening to myself, Dr. Chris Cloney and Dr. Heidi Justo from CareerPathWritingSolutions.com. We're talking about how to market yourself and your business on LinkedIn. 
and really covered you know a I'd say a beginner and intermediate kind of guide to LinkedIn. So what are the components of your overall LinkedIn presence? And we talked about your profile, your sort of static component, and then actively what are you doing um, every month, every week, every day on LinkedIn to get more involved in the community, get more visibility there. In Heidi's summary of the profile, she talked about making it skimmable, um, focusing on the value you deliver. And, and we talked about this kind of shift from, it's not about you, it's about your audience that's reading it. Uh, we talked about using keywords and testimonials in profile, all really important stuff. Go check out Heidi's profile. I'm sure if you search Heidi, G-I-U-S-T-O, Heidi Justo on LinkedIn, you'll get her profile there. It's very nice looking. Um, it's very skimmable is appreciated for someone like me that has the attention span of reading of, of very short. <laughs> um, and then we jumped into how do you use LinkedIn as part of a strategy to find a job or to become more visible in your field or to as marketing for your online business. And we gave some tips around that. Things like content curation and repurposing. Things like coming up with a tip of the week and just writing down 50 of them or 25 of them or four of them. If you write down four of them, that's enough for one a week for the next month. It's probably enough to get you started. Um, and we talked about some other strategies that help you get started on your, your journey for sharing on LinkedIn. So keep your eyes open for this platform. I think it's actually going to keep growing. The biggest thing is LinkedIn's pretty boring. So if you do stuff that's not boring, you tend to stand out. Um, and I'll probably do an episode on video on LinkedIn in the future because we had some success with that on the the conference um, that we ran a few months ago as well. So with that, I just want to say thank you for listening to the Grab Blogger podcast. It's always the transcripts for this episode. You can find them at grabblogger.com slash 57 for this episode. Download them, print them off, and you can have them for your, your review. You find Heidi at Heidi Justo CPWS. That's for careerwritingpathsolutions.com on Twitter. Um, you find our LinkedIn as well and at our website, careerpathwritingsolutions.com. Have a great week ahead. I'm looking forward to bringing you the next week's episode of the Grab Blogger podcast. Mm-hmm.